Get a little more out of watching NBA games with Daily Fantasy. Every Cody Zeller dunk, Ben McLemore 3, or Tony Snell block means so much more when you're playing with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, city of bridges, stump town, PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me on this episode is my co-host, Blazer Ben, and a special guest from the Rip City community, lifelong Blazer fan and Rip City encyclopedia, Eric Foster. What's good, fellas? What's up, my man? How are you doing? Excellent. Excellent, brother. How about you, Blazer Ben? Bingo, bango, bongo, Blazer fans. Right on, right on. You got to get that catchphrase in there. Yeah, Eric, got it. Got it, man. Eric, welcome to the show, man. Uh, I've known you for quite some time, but uh, this is your first time guesting on here. So thanks for being on, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm excited. Of course, of course. So just to give you a heads up, uh, quick show summary. We're going to talk some Team USA. Uh, then we're going to hit the free agency, which has been nuts so far in t- the two days it's been going on. Um, we're going to hit up some Blazer news, and we're going to finish with a game we like to call Giving Props. So let's just get into it, fellas. <laughs> Team USA. I don't know if either one of you guys watched the game against Spain. I think that was last night. Wasn't it like 4 a.m.? Uh, you know, I started watching it. I think it started at uh, 9.40 yeah, p.m. Oh, uh, p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started watching it. Um, dude, I, w- I was texting a buddy. In fact, I think I was texting you, Eric, saying Team USA does not look very good. Spain is actually kind of putting a whooping on them. It may not, it may not have shown in the uh, score like it wasn't like a crazy score, like you know, forty to ten or something. But you know, Spain was whooping them by, I'd say like 11, 12 points at one point. And I and I kept thinking to myself, dang, this Spain team is for real. And then at the same time, dang, this Team USA team kind of blows. Like we are not good. Uh, Eric, did you see any of that? Oh man. I, I have some strong feelings on Greg Popovich. So for him to be coaching Team USA <laughs> um, is a little bit of a sore point for me. I mean, a couple of years ago, he took that Spurs team with Tim Duncan and, and that first year that L.A. was there. Uh, and they won 67 games and then they ended up losing to Golden State, you know, in the playoffs. And that was that 73 and 9 Golden State team. Um and in my opinion, he should have retired then. And if I had my way, a guy who has not made the playoffs or had been a fringe playoff coach for the last three or four seasons, he doesn't quite meet the criteria anymore. And he kind of got that lifetime achievement promotion when Coach K retired <laughs> from USA Basketball. And you can kind of see where a little bit of that dissension was coming from. So 
I don't think that Spurs basketball per se translates to an international stage. And you're seeing that. I mean, I mean, if if you didn't have Greg Popovich, though, I mean, who who would you rather have? I mean, I I see Steve Kerr's there. Yeah, I mean, Kerr's a guy who has kind of bended the rule book on what basketball is supposed to look like. You know what I mean? From a offensive perspective, defensively, he's coached some really good teams and maybe just a fresher mind in that role. I mean, because they stopped playing Spurs basketball once they they lost that game to France. And you can kind of see that they are a little bit more dependent on some one-on-one basketball. And that's translated to some success, obviously, you know, because they were able to come back and win. KD's put up some monster numbers the last couple of games to keep them in it. But, I mean, it's one-on-one basketball. It's not a team game like you're seeing Spain play, like you're seeing Argentina play, like you were seeing the French team play. You know, and those are the teams sure. that, you know, are using team basketball to circumvent the lack of one-on-one talent that they have. Well, you also have to take into account the the, the difference in team chemistry because, you know, Team USA, you've got you've got guys, I mean, with the exception of a couple of teammates, you've got guys that have been playing together for, you know, before going into the, the Olympics, six days. Right. Versus teams that have been playing for decades together. And there's, there's something obviously to be said about camaraderie, but when you're talking about American basketball players, you're talking about guys who, and for the most part, every single one of those guys has been catered and coddled from the time that they were, you know, in sixth grade on to their NBA <laughs> careers. You know, the basic concept of passing, setting off ball screens, moving without the ball, like those should be easy things to do. And that is one of the things that you know as a basketball coach myself now i see a lot of is just fundamental basketball is out the window because all of our guys uh all of our kids at least they're coming up watching nba basketball players and they're not focusing on the team game the way that like you said the teams that have been together for the last 20 years Luis scola or Luis scola playing for argentina's 41 (laughs) years old he's he's played in four olympics you know they don't have that but even when they did, uh, there was a there was a significant drop off. You know what I mean? You could throw the 2000 team out there in the same vein, and they were still winning by 30 points. The 2004 team uh, didn't fare so well, but then <laughs> you know, then we had the 2012 team or the 2008 redeem team and the 2012 team, and those were guys that still were coming out of kind of that Jordan era bird era where there was a main guy but there was still a team game being played and just over the last four or five years you know you've seen that kind of regress into you know dame time and don't crucify me for saying that but you know relying on one or two players to carry your team and that you know that's just a lack of go ahead do you guys think that maybe maybe one of the issues is that we have too many stars on the team like maybe we don't have those we don't have the the success that we're we're, I mean, desperately craving because maybe they don't have those role players in there, right? Like I think back to the dream team, and you had players like, you know, Carl Malone was a star in his own right, but he was also kind of a role player for that team, right? I mean, he he did he, he knew what his job was and he did it to perfection, but he wasn't by any means the star of of the dream team. But I think when you talk about that team, there was egos aside. 
you know that that's back when basketball was you know well they had something fun to, to watch and and, and the, you know yeah i mean it was the first professional athlete team you know from the nba so you know it wasn't just college kids coming in but yeah you know they they came in with one goal in mind you know and and i feel like that the the egos were put aside and they had they meshed well together because they all had something to bring to the table to you know make a complete team mm-hmm. you know on this one you you look at like the box scores of the game you know we're shooting 14 free throws for the entire game that means that's all outside shooting nobody's driving to the hoop nobody's being aggressive nobody it's all just dribble you know pass around the arc shoot a three you know maybe it goes in maybe it doesn't so you know i feel like the the team you're talking about was way more of an aggressive and and fun to watch and really uh, exemplify, exemplified what Team USA basketball should be. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to have to agree. Just watching the game last night, you know, Team USA does take a lot of threes, but I also think that that's where the game has transitioned to uh, these days. Um, you know, the, the three is more valued than a mid-range jumper or, you know, the easy layup. Um, but I will say that Team USA was getting a lot of wide-open threes. They just weren't making them. I mean, that's what I was seeing. Well, to go back, you know, that 1992 team was coming off, or that Team USA team, I should say, not just the 92 team, but Team USA had lost to Russia in 88. And there was still some Cold War implications that were involved there. There was some national pride that was on the line. And then, like Ben said, you had the integration of professional players into the sport. But... I don't want to take anything away from the growth of global basketball. You know, you're seeing teams like France, like Evan Fournier go off, you know, and the guy, I mean, congratulations to him. I think he just got 90 million to go to the Knicks. But I mean, you know, if you look at the Twitter feed, people say, you know, universally the same thing. It's like, how are these role players busting that? you know, busting the rear ends of, of, of top tier players like Damian Lillard, like Kevin Durant. Um, you know, Drew Holiday wasn't there for that game yet, I don't think, and neither was Booker, neither was um, Chris Middleton. Yeah, so, you know, but those guys were really taking it to, you know, guys that we're saying are first team all NBAers. And if you go back to 92, Nobody was giving it to the dream team. You know, I, there's that old story that Chuck Daly over eight games in tournament play never called a timeout. At no point was his team ever in jeopardy enough. They had they didn't even make enough mistakes, you know, for Chuck Daly to say, you know what, let's reel it in. And nowadays the global game has expanded to the point where you're competing against NBA caliber players in almost every national team. And then when you take that and you put it into the blender with the fact that um, the game itself has evolved, the player development in the NBA has regressed, and that's just a personal opinion. I think that right now we're working with probably the most athletic and most talented yet least basketball smart NBA basketball players we've probably seen in the last 50 years. You know, it's more of a level playing field. So am I upset that they lost to France no not if they win gold but if they don't win gold then obviously I mean that becomes a much bigger problem 
I mean that that was what was at Jeopardy last night is if they lost they they would not medal no. in in the Olympics. But what what about this Eric? We we will face either Australia or Argentina. Both are heavy NBA rostered teams. You know, what's your take on us playing one of them? I mean, you have to go out and play your best basketball and that's not something that Team USA has had to do, you know, in past iterations. They have not had to go out and play perfect ball to win a game. They could go out there and shoot 35% and play solid defense and still win by 20. And nowadays, you know, I mean, really starting in that, was that 2008 when they played Spain? 2008 they played Spain in the gold medal game. And that game went down to like the final two minutes, you know, and that was with the Gasol brothers, Fernandez, Rubio, you know, they- Who are all still on team it, Spain right exactly. now. Exactly, you know, you know, to, to Tim's point that these guys have had years and years and years to train with each other. But I mean, really team USA has to play perfect ball. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely give your, your thoughts credit there because um, you know, you, you look at all these teams and they have each team has one or two like really good NBA players amidst all of the other you know role players on that team that have been playing together for for years and years and years and i think team usa is gonna have to play top-notch basketball and maybe play smarter basketball than what they're accustomed to playing here in the nba because if they don't these teams are going to take it to them they it, it was evident last night that spain saw a weakness with the uh, Ricky Rubio Dame matchup because Ricky Rubio put in 38 points against our boy Dame. I mean, not all of them were against him, but I mean, that's that's saying something right there. But you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see um, who we face. Uh, I don't even know when the next game is. It's in a couple days, or it's Friday. You guys know Friday, so it'll be interesting to see who we face on Friday and and what the outcome will be. I also got to say, these Olympics have been crazy difficult for me to watch. I don't know how you guys are feeling about it, but the time difference is killing me. And this whole peacock thing, it's got to go. It's got to go, man. Because, because you know, I, I've got Xfinity. Unfortunately, I'm I'm I had to take out a second mortgage to to pay for it. But I've got Xfinity. I've got Peacock. But the problem is, when you go, uh, I'm I'm going on an old man rant here right now. When you go and check the 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 TV, oh my god, I almost said TV guide, the the <laughs> the guide on on Xfinity, it's going to be different than what it says on Peacock, and more often than not, what it says is going to be playing on Xfinity's guide is not what I, what is actually playing. And I gotta say, I have watched enough equestrian to last me the rest of my life. Like horses. Hey, I love horses. Did, did, but, did you see Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart? You know, talk I, about that one. I, I did the hor- see the that. horses. The horses. The horses. Crip walking. <laughs> I think Snoop needs to do more commentary. Yeah, especially like, I gotta sign the- that horse up for my next video. I, uh, for people of our generation, that's gold right there. See, I don't. I don't have any of that. I, I did Fubo. I bought. I bought the Fubo package. And it is, I'm going to give them credit that they outline it really, really easily. I can go on and just set record for basketball, basketball alone. They have their own Olympic channel. They break it down into a subcategory where in the Olympics, I can go straight to basketball. 
From there, I go to men's basketball. I mean, I got man, it it looked so easy through Xfinity and Peacock, just like what you're talking about. I did that. I set the reminders. I tried to set the recording. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> anyway, Comcast, Peacock, fix your fix your stuff, man. Fix your stuff, guys. I want to talk to you guys about free agency. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking within 30 seconds. Trades started. Trades and, and and signing started happening. Give me your thoughts, fellas. Who do you guys think? What What do you guys think is the biggest move of free agency so far? Blazer Band, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, Alex Caruso, duh. Yeah. Come on. The 30, legend going th- to Chicago. 37 mil to Chicago. Yeah, going in uh, Jordan's shoes. You know, he's gonna just take over and be. You know, there's gonna be a statue of him <laughs> on front next. You know, I'm gonna say. Uh, we're going to talk about the Lakers in, in a minute, but I think the Lakers are, are truly going to miss Alex Caruso on their roster. Uh, they did re-sign Talon Horton Hucker, Tucker again, uh, so he, he was their upside for their backup guard, I believe. So, you know, I don't think they're going to miss Caruso too much. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about them in a second. Eric Foster, biggest move so far. Mm, I'm going to stay homer and say retaining Norman Powell in Portland. There you go. That was a, that was a good pickup. I mean, it's it's what was at the top of the list. If you if you looked at any media outlet out there, they said that should be the number one target for Portland. Well, and the deal they got him for, I mean, 18 million over 5 years or sorry, 90 million over 5 years breaks down to 18 million a year, which is exactly what Gary Trent got in Toronto. You know, it's two it's yep. his deal is 2 years longer than Trent's, but what you got was an accomplished player, a championship pedigree, and in his prime. And he's in his prime. And the guy in the right system clearly can be a, a twenty point per game scorer. He shoots forty percent from three, and most importantly, it opens up the door for a specific shooting guard who has been with the team for like nine seasons to. <laughs> sing his swan song and go to another team and hopefully get us a big name wing to team with yeah. game. Don't, 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 don't jump the shark yet. We're, we'll get to that. We'll get to but that. But I think, yeah, Norman uh, Powell, I think Norman Powell going, the other one that I like though was also to Chicago, but it wasn't Alex Caruso. I think Lonzo ball to Chicago is, is big time. I think that's, oh, that garbage. is a big one. That is a big, hey, look, this show has a Lonzo hater. The world has a lot of Lonzo haters, but look, Lonzo the fact Ball of the matter is, hooper, is Lonzo Lonzo Ball is a hooper, and he knows how to run an offense. Probably, he can run an offense. Probably the best passer Couldn't in the coexist with Zion. What? That was a result of their coach. Couldn't. Yeah. Well, real real quick, yes or no, Eric? Yes or no? That's it. Is CJ finishing the season as a trailblazer? I don't think he's starting the season as a trailblazer. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, well, it was a yes or no, but okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I can't answer a question like that. <laughs> no, he's not. Okay, so no, he's not because he won't start the season as a trailblazer. Hey, there we go. All right, all right. What, what, what about, about Evan you, Evan Fournier racking up 78 mil, man, with the Knicks. The Knicks needed like a point. He said, like, that's Evan Fournier, though? They needed a point. He's... Look, man, I, I go hard on the French guys just because I think – they're soft, but <laughs> you know the the Rudy Gobert's and the Nick. Evan Fournier Batum, is soft. You know, so- but soft. he's but he's a he's a scorer, man. 
And we'll see if his skin can get a little bit thicker playing in the garden because that is not an easy place to play basketball. And especially if they regress, if they don't make progress on their, you know, oh, their, yeah, it's going to be bananas in New York. Yeah. The fans will turn on you real quick. Oh, for sure. I mean, they, real. Like who, Evan, who they booed <laughs> mellow. Remember they booed mellow was last season there. Yep. You know who I think is the biggest is one of the biggest moves is actually Patty Mills to Brooklyn. That's going to be so huge for them, especially to back up Kyrie. That's going to be nuts. You got a guy that can, on any given night, can go out there and give you 20 points, eight assists. I mean, that guy, that guy's going to be able to run that that offense, and he plays decent defense too. I that's that's my pick so far for the for the biggest the biggest impact I guess impact move of the free agency. But you guys wanted to talk about the L.A. Lakers. Boo. We did. I did. <laughs> you started by saying Caruso left, but they got Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza. Who else did they get? Fill me in, fellas. Uh, Mello. Bingo. Kendrick. Who else? And uh, a, little, a little guy named Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that trade for a second. Did you guys see that coming, or, or was that kind of out of left field? Because I was expecting the other guard. Uh, I was surprised. Who's the, who, who's the other guard? Bradley Beal. Oh yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, I was. I was yeah. expecting them to to go for Beal, who I think made a lot more sense than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean Westbrook is not gonna be your, you know leader on the court man he, he never really was i feel like he's more of an off the ball player he's an off or, the ball player but he's a, he's an all heart kind of guy he's not a winner and and he's he's not a champion he's he not a champion to the finals he made it to the finals with okc and kd but let's be honest who made the finals that season did kd <laughs> is it yeah, that kevin durant's thunder or is that russell westbrook's thunder because Russell Westbrook's thunder yeah. <laughs> never got out of the first round. Right. True. Right. I mean, the guy can ra- rack up a triple-double any given night, but does that equate to a win? Well, I, one of the big things for me was, and I shot myself in the foot by laughing at work with a couple of guys where I said, okay, well, they traded their best two shooters. You know, KCP and Kuzma were their two best shooters. And I'm like, okay, the spacing. What? Like the spacing on the floor. Well, Marcus Saul technically is their best shooter, but <laughs> you know, as far as guard play or wing play goes, I'm like, okay, well now you have now you're rolling out Russell Did, Westbrook. Didn't they? Didn't they have Wes Matthews? Yeah, but Wes Matthews is an Iron Man. Wes Matthews, he's more like he's a shell of his former self. That's for sure. Yeah, he's like he's a, he's a defeated Iron Man. Yeah, he's the wheelchair Tony Stark at the beginning of Endgame. <laughs> yeah. You know, malnourished, not able to stand on his own, Wes Matthews. And but then you know, obviously they went out and just loaded their roster for Bear, and you know we're gonna see how that plays out. It's it's gonna be really interesting. Um, it, they kind of set up their own old folks home, right? Like they got a retirement home there now. That's why they're all on Medicare. Well, that's why the yeah. Blazers balanced biofreeze because biofreeze saw this coming and they're going to be the future sponsor of the LA Lakers. 
For real, it's going to be like like Metamucil or yeah, something. Yeah, AARP <laughs> on, the, on the jersey. Yeah. For real. Uh, let's see. What what other moves have we seen? We've got, uh, we've got some re-signings. Dude. DeMar DeRozan. Chicago, I'm telling you. Chicago, yeah. Chicago might be the team that beats the Nets and goes to the finals. They're as good as any team in the Eastern Conference. You don't think you don't think Milwaukee is going to make it there again? I, I think that Chicago is a team that can step up. I mean, you're talking about Lonzo Ball, uh, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, whoever they plug in at power forward, and then they got Vukovic. I mean, they're they got a really good team. They got a really good starting five. They got a solid bench. It's going to be interesting to see how they play. And I'm telling you, I know Ben doesn't like Lonzo Ball, but Lonzo Ball is probably the best passer in the NBA. I mean, I would. Uh, he's definitely just, he's definitely one too of them. Ugly man. Yeah, but he's improved it though. We'll fix ugly. I will shots. say he's improved it. <laughs> Terry Stotts turned uh, Al Farouk Amino into a shooter. Ooh, I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah, I really don't know if I. All right, ball wasn't sitting in the corner like that's it. Everyone, Eric's off the show. Eric's making an exit right now. (laughs) Let's. Can we call out Steph Curry setting a record contract, man? Four years, two hundred and fifteen mil. Thank you, Ben. I was just about to say that. That is nuts, money. That is that is. I do what I want when I want money. Loyalty money. I mean. That's, he's not worth that contract anymore. Don't I mean he's not. I mean let's nah. let's be honest. I no, he's not. That makes he's up really for that not. But four year, he's still the best player dollars. on the team. Well, yeah. I mean, you remember he came off those ankle injuries and they, he didn't know if he's gonna play. He got a. I mean, yep, those yeah. first couple of those first two championships, he was still on a four year, forty four million dollar deal. You know, he was on the last two years mm-hmm. making eleven million dollars a year. Those last two championship or those first two championship years. So. You know, yeah, he was one of the most underpaid superstars yeah. for several years, back to back. So they're just making the money up, and but you know, I mean, Trey Young signs a five year for 171 mil. That's 40 mil less with one year more, and the guy is what eight years younger than Steph Curry. You know, well, and his game is about hey, to you, have you to guys change a great deal with you the guys. Rule you guys think shy? You guys think shy Gilgis Alexander is worth the same money that Trey Young is worth? God no. Cause he got no. it. He got that bag. No, I'm not gonna get started on. Okay, I don't know what OKC is doing. Presti's an idiot. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> where is OKC? They're still in the NBA. I thought they had demoted them down to the. Uh, they should G just. League. They should just move them back to Seattle. Seattle just needs their own team. Now I agree, man. Like, I want to see they got hockey. They do have hockey now. Which I will be going to see some some hockey games, some cracking games. Shout out to our our sister podcast network, the Hockey Podcast Network. Super original, I know. Uh, <laughs> then we've got this is one I want to I want to talk to you guys about here. Chris Paul, he agrees to a four year contract extension with the Phoenix Suns. How old is Chris Paul? Yeah, does he have four more years left? I don't think so. No way. So what I've heard is that only two years, I think it's two years, he's got like full guarantees. Like that's where the majority of his money is. It's like half of it, whatever. But then the next two years, it kind of takes a dip, only a certain percentage. And then the fourth year, he's, even a smaller he's 36. percentage. 
36. Yeah. So he'll end if he f- fulfills the four years at 40 years old. And he's not. Yeah, I mean, he's not Tom Brady. Yeah, I was just gonna say. <laughs> no, he's not he's Tom Cliff, Brady. Though. He's he's Cliff from he's State a, Farm. He's though. Uncle Cliff. Yeah, he's not Uncle Cliff. That deal is. To me, that deal was a little exaggerated. I would have given him the two-year deal, take him to 38. But, I mean, it didn't – and Phoenix as a whole, just as a team, for the first couple of days of free agency has not made a lot of moves that have made them better. And especially where they really needed to address their deficiencies, which was size and rebounding. Uh, you know, and then they gave the money to Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah, he's the only guy still playing from the 2005 draft, man. So you know, shout out Mark. Yeah, Webster. I gotta say, I don't think yeah, dude that sold his uh, championship ring, right? He sold Ooh. on like eBay or Craigslist or something. Was this high school or, or college ring or something? I don't remember what it was. He hawked his ring for some cash. Yeah, look it up. Who Martell? Yeah, not Marty. He didn't get a. No, he didn't go to college. He didn't get a championship. Then it was yeah, high school was ring high or school. something. It was something. From he sold. Seattle. He sold some 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 championship something. Well, he got some I don't money remember. from Washington too long too, ago. So. But it, just you know, going back to that deal, that's a that's a tough one. And I got a lot of buddies that are Phoenix fans who are very very upset. You know, they were happy to go to the finals. <laughs> they were happy to have Chris Paul, but they were happy to have Chris Paul resign for what they thought was going to be fifteen million not 25 and there's some guys that you know i'm pretty close with on twitter that have been very vocal about their dissatisfaction in that signing (laughs) hey uh you guys think you guys think miami heat's gonna do much better this next season because they got they got a few guys right they got kyle lowry uh who else did they get they got uh well they got butler back yeah, they resigned Butler. They lost Kendrick Nunn to the Lakers. I mean, is that they got Duncan? Duncan Robinson's coming back for like five hundred million dollars for three years. Yep. Um, I mean, I think I think they're a better team with Lowry on on the squad. Yeah, I mean, Dragic was a big part of their success, though. And you know, we just talked about he, team chemistry and the way that that impacts games and he'd been there for you know i think six or seven years yeah you know but you know what they also got another guy that that plays with all heart too pj tucker i don't want to hear that pj oh my god pj tucker (laughs) you know what that guy's good for buying shoes shoes he's he's good at buying shoes (laughs) pj tucker averaged two points a game look that up two points a game like that must be yeah. the most valuable two points a game in the history of basketball. That's Lavar Ball. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was in there for defensive purposes, though. Oh man, PJ Tucker. Uh, <laughs> that Duncan they, Robinson. They deal, won. So that's a good deal. They they beat the Nets. They beat the Nets with PJ Tucker guarding Kevin Durant. Yeah, uh, that's true. I I can concede that. All right, guys. I think I think we've beaten free agency to death today. Last on last episode, we mentioned some key dates given out by the NBA. One of those was the summer league, right? August eighth. That's is that Friday, Thursday. 
It starts Thursday, fellas. Yeah, they're already at the they're already at the in Tualatin at the practice facility, man. Nice. Started today. Blazer Ben, yeah. why don't you tell us exactly who was who was at the uh, facility in Tualatin? Who who should we be expecting to see? Uh, well, some highlights, you know, current Blazers: C.J. Ellaby, Nasir Little, uh, our new rookie Greg Brown. Uh, but there are some intriguing pickups on the summer league team. Love them. Thirty-two-year-old, thirty-two-year-old Michael Beasley. Love him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he? A, was he a former a slam dunk contestant? Is that what he was? He in that? Yeah. No. Was he? Uh, I don't think he was a slam dunk. I don't dunk remember guy. Beasley. No. Okay. I stand corrected on that one. But anyways, twenty-five-year-old uh, Emmanuel Moutier, point guard. Love it. Hey. And, that's all and we need favorite. is one more guard. This is my favorite though. Is the mam- the manimal, Kenneth Fareed, who I thought we should have drafted. Uh, when it was our turn to pick, you didn't want and Nolan Smith. Kenneth Freed as a power forward. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what was that? Nolan Smith, Luke Babbitt, and uh, Elliot Williams, right? Yep. Those are three. Where are they? Where are they now? Is what we should play. I would love to know. I would love to talk to Elliot Williams. That was, yeah, but you know, you know, you talk about what ifs. I feel like that guy was the next Brandon Roy. That I mean, that's truly how I felt at the time. He could jump. I don't. I mean, the guy could jump out of the gym. He could. I feel like if he just was able to dial in his shot, man. I feel for him though. He ruptured an Achilles, so I mean, obviously that's kind of yeah. That hits me right here. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, but you know, with, with our empty roster spots, you got to imagine that one, if not two, of these players are going to make it through summer league and have a spot on our bench. Well, I figure. I mean, I don't know. You tell me, Ben. So that taxpayer mid-level exception is still available. So what is that? Five point nine million. You know, I know we don't got much left, but you can split that. And there's 13 spots because uh, the two way guys don't count against your roster. They don't count against your 15. Mm-hmm. So those guys don't take up roster spots. So Portland's currently, you know, with CJ, wink, wink, uh, they have 13 guys under contract. So, I mean, if you're going to bring two guys in, you need wing play. Do you bring in Fareed and do you bring in Beasley to? you know, fill out the end of your bench. I mean, I think with no other options, sorry, I kind of jumped in for you, Ben, but I think with no other options out there, you kind of, your hands are kind of tied. I I don't think Moutier's got a shot at making this roster, but I feel like Michael Beasley and Kenneth Fareed have the size to make this roster. Ben, again, sorry for cutting you off. I pick up up Moutier, man, because I'm still going to go on my box of saying Anthony Simons is not a point guard you know Emmanuel Moutier was when he was in Denver you know uh and then Kenneth Fareed for his size obviously we need him in there you know if we're not bringing back Rondé Hollis Jefferson which doesn't look like we are uh I'm gonna miss that guy and his heart for the five minutes he played a game uh but you know I I feel like Emmanuel Moutier will come in Kenneth Fareed will come in round out the lineup whether they come in and then they turn into two-way players like like Eric said, and they're not legit roster spots, but they're still there. Well, and they probably come in you on know, non-guaranteed that's, that's, deals that's too. That's my two. You know, those are yeah, those are the guys yeah. that get a non-guaranteed deal that you know if things don't work out. You know, they the front office cuts their losses and they move on. It opens up a roster spot for somebody else who can hop. I mean, I f- I'm bummed we're wasting a roster spot on on Greg Brown though. What? This kid? Oh man! And why, why is why is that Ben? Uh, we've we've not had luck 
uh, with draft picks since what? Nine years ago? <laughs> uh, Simons. Eight years ago? Gary Trent was picked no, in the second round. No. Gary, Gary Trent. Trent was a second yeah, round no, pick. Gary Trent, nah. And he played because of injury. He wouldn't have played otherwise. Yeah, but, and then he just went and got 18 he played, million. He played because CJ got injured. But then he just got 18 million. He wouldn't be getting 18 million right now if CJ didn't get injured. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can all agree though that the NBA is a game of timing. You know, the right place, True, right yes. time. Yeah. You, you got to be ready. Yep. Yeah, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to knock it. Trent was ready to go. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, he didn't have any rust on his wheels. He was ready to go. Put that defense out there. You know, make those clutch threes when he needs. You know, I, absolutely, he was ready to go. Next man up. So you know, give him credit for that. But you know, if like I said, CJ didn't get injured. Well, Trent's not getting this. 18 mil a year. There's also the. I mean, if if Sam Bowie didn't get injured, Trailblazers have another championship, right? Very good. <laughs> just, I'm just throwing some random nonsense out there. Uh, Eric, you had something to say. There's also, you know, and I don't know if this is, you know, some of Ben's frustration is with the money that we got to throw at him, but Portland's over the, they're they're over the cap by a lot. They're going to be paying. They're going to be paying tax. You know, they're going to be in the luxury tax. They're going to be paying that tax. They skated on it last year, so they didn't get hit with a repeater. You know, so now they're they're able to start over. They're not going to get a player. They're not going to get an impact player for what they're paying Greg Brown. You know, and so you take a flyer out on a guy who can jump out of the gym who has shown flashes of incredible athleticism basketball smarts got a seven foot two wingspan and you're going to be paying him one and a half million bucks a year because he's a second round pick he's not locked in on those and you know i will say at one point he was projected to be a top 10 pick coming out of high school yeah Mm Hmm. so that's i mean that's something you got to think about too i mean i i I'm. I think I'm on Eric's side with this one. I think for for that amount of money, you might as well take a chance. I mean, whoever. I mean, like you said, you're not going to get an impact player for that kind of money, and who, whoever you put in that spot is going to be riding the pine anyway. You know, barring any injuries, so you might as well take a young guy and see what he's got. In my opinion. Fair enough. I'll, I'll concede. I'll, I'll wave the white flag on that one. <laughs> you don't have to, Ben. <laughs> you don't have to. We've done this for I years, mean, hopefully he'll, Hopefully he'll take over on the bench and be the cheerleader that Zach Collins was, man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, what, what do you – okay. So let's let's do talk about some more of these uh, Blazer signings. We got, we got um, Cody Zeller. Whoop, whoop. Effectively, in my opinion, replacing Zach Collins. I mean, they're basically the same player. Only one of them. If plays. you really think yeah, about it, what? It's just yeah. one's one's played longer and has seen the court much more often. What do you guys think about Cody? Go for it, Eric. Uh, uh he's a he's a positive guy. I think he had a. He was a. He was a. <laughs> you know what you have to you have to start with. He's a positive. Yeah, guy. I mean, I feel like really I feel like this well. is starting out like like uh, Kawhi's interview when he had that laugh. You know, I'm. He's a fun guy. 
<laughs> but Zeller Zeller plays, you know what I mean? And he plays really good basketball. Again, we go back to that whole impact thing. Is he an impact player? No, probably not. You know, he had a he was a positive five point three overall, you know, guy. Uh, defensively, he's probably a lot better than Cantor simply because he can move left to right. He doesn't, you know, he said, <laughs> jump. I, and I, I went back as soon as, as soon as we signed him, I went back and I watched the video. I'll tell you some high, you know, the highs are, he sets really, really good picks. And he's actually a triple threat guy that can put the ball in the deck from the elbow. He can pass and he can shoot a little bit. So, you know, he brings a component that Portland hasn't had since Zach Collins was on the floor, you know, from that four or five position. But is he somebody who, is he going to win you games? No. Is he going to help you win games? Yes. You know, you can say the guy he's replacing, Zach Collins, uh, and that may be true, but really he's taking that backup five spot from Cantor. And Cantor is a guy that did win you some games. You know, and is it a lateral move? Yeah, but Cantor's going to go get six or seven million from somebody at some point this season. You know, be, before free agency's over, he's and Portland couldn't pay him that. You know, so sure, and he's worth it. Yeah, you know, so you got Cody Zeller on a two point eight million dollar contract for a year. He fits. I mean, I we don't know what kind of offense Chauncey Billups is going to run either. So you don't know if it's going to pick and roll right. heavy. But you know already that Nurk and Dame are fantastic in the pick and roll. If Nurk gets in foul trouble, you bring in another guy who runs the exact same way, which is much different than it was when Cantor was coming in, you know, where the offense had to shift. Now you're continuing to kind of run the same sets. And the game of basketball is run on familiarity, so Dame doesn't have to change his game if, if Nurt goes out, Zeller comes in. So, I I mean, I like the deal. It's not anything to, like, hoorah about, but it's a vet minimum deal. I'm not going to – I'm not going to go one way or the other. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree. Ben, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I, I echo everything Eric said. You know, I mean, I was reading that, yeah, he's a good, hard-nosed, you know, sets those picks – you know, for those pick and rolls, but you know, looking at his stats, you know, because obviously, I, I, how many Charlotte Hornet games are we watching? Lamelo. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he's averaging, you know, for his career, eight and a half points. You know, six rebounds. I mean, that's better than a Cantor stat line. I mean, Cantor would average two points and fifteen rebounds. So you know, it's a little more balanced. But it does look like he struggles at the free throw line. He doesn't shoot any threes, so he's not a you know a deep threat. So I don't know. I'm kind of mixed bag. I'll see what see what he brings to the court and how he can contribute to the team. But you know, uh, with all our new new pieces, I feel like we're probably going to stutter out of the gate, though. You think so? Just chemistry wise. Yeah. Yeah. Dep- absolutely. Well, depending on how they roll it out. I mean, if if CJ comes back, you're running the same five that you ended the season with, and those guys are going to be familiar with each other. You know, you're going to. That Dame, CJ, Powell, Rocco, Nurk, that's going to be the same starting lineup. Did you say Jones? 
No Jones. Yeah, but the whole thing is uh, we got we got stagnant when that second unit came in. Yeah, but you know, well, part of that too, you know, and we got to be honest with ourselves. Like as much as I like Carmelo Anthony, and it was great to have a Hall of Famer suit up in a Blazers uniform and watch a guy resurrect his career in Portland. Yet that second unit was terrible defensively. I mean, with Cantor. Yeah. You know, you had Cantor and Melo as your top two guys. Simons still so can't. Simons. Simons can't defend. You know, so Simons can't run an offense either. But now those guys are gone, and you're replacing them with a guy like Zeller, who does play. I mean, he does have a positive impact on the defensive end. You're getting a guy in, um, why can I think of his name? Um, Macklemore, who has been traditionally a three and D guy. So you're getting a little bit. You're 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 actually going the exact opposite of that second unit that we had to end the season by bringing in guys who can shoot the ball and defend when those front five come off the floor. Yeah. Can we can we just call out Cody Zeller's nickname though? What is it? The the big handsome. Wait, what? Why does he sound like a professional wrestler from like the nineties? <laughs> According to basketball reference, his nickname is the big handsome. <laughs> Um, He's got the coldest. I need that jersey. I need that jersey. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) He's got those UFO landing pads. What? Hey now, hey now. No body shaming here. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm there too, man. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. let's let's call out the other players we signed, man. Who else we got, Tim? Uh, Did you say Tony Snell already? Like that one. The Tony Snell. Big fan. That's that's an interesting one. I don't really know what to think about that because, you know, he's another guy who's kind of in his prime. He's a he's a longer guard, maybe a tweener between a guard and a forward. Um, defensively, I, I honestly I don't know. I haven't watched him enough. I know the guy can shoot from time to time. I don't know how consistent that is. 107 three-pointers attempted last season hit 57%. Well, that'll do, pig. 57%. That's, First player in... That's not bad. He went 50-50-100%. Those were his, his shooting splits. And he played 21 minutes a game, so it's not it's not some eight-minute sample size. Did he get injured, though? Uh, I, he did. He only, played four, he only played 47 games. Yeah, and he didn't play in the playoffs either, I don't think. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't see I him. I think he got hurt. I Atlanta games, but... He's the first player in NBA history to never miss a free throw during the season. Interesting. I mean, oh yeah, that's Two all. Years in that's a row. all fine and good. Two years but in a row. I tell you what, Tony Snell. Tony Snell is not getting twenty-one minutes a game. No. Well, but maybe that maybe that keeps him healthier longer. Well, and I, well, he's also not going to come in and guarantee he wants minutes like Melo was. You know, he's like, yeah, I'll sign if you play me twenty-one minutes. Well, and you know, I mean, oh, sure. You guys tell me. Like for me, when I'm watching Melo, it's it's like. It's like when you walk out to the refrigerator at two o'clock in the morning, you get ice cream, you know, out of a dead sleep. Like, you know, you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> you know, it's probably not good for you. But you're like, ah, screw it. You know what? What's one bowl of chocolate chip cookie dough going to do? But you do that every single night. And that's what Portland did with Mello. Like, that guy did not belong on the floor for 26 minutes a game. Yep. No. Absolutely, and even in crunch time. No, no. Why was he out there in the fourth quarter? No, no. I'm I will, glad. The way, I I'm glad say... he's gone. I mean, I like I said, it was good to see him resurrect his career here. I mean, he helped Dame last year and the year before in the bubble, but you weren't getting very much 
productivity out of him, regardless of what the numbers say. I mean, the, it, I will say he was he was a situational player that was not that that his minutes weren't strictly situational, which they should have been. Yeah, that's a Terry Stotts um, thing. And, and, can, and it can is. We, can we raise can we raise your mellow jersey up to the rafters in your garage there, Tim? Yeah. Hey, man. Here's here's the you thing. You have a mellow Carmelo jersey, Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is a Hall of Famer. So, yes, you're darn right I'm buying a Carmelo Anthony Blazers jersey because I enjoyed seeing him on the court. To be honest with you, I enjoyed it. I thought Carmelo should have come over probably five years ago. But if he did, you know, I don't think his mind was right either at that time. So, you know, yeah, I bought a Melo jersey. A lot of people bought Melo jerseys. Why didn't you? Uh, Because I... Never mind. <laughs> I'm a fickle Blazer look, fan. <laughs> look, I'm All a right, Blazer. Let's, let's move, uh, we, I'm we a had Blazer one more lover. Addition. We had one more addition. Hold on. Before oh, you go, I'm yeah. a Blazer lover, and I do not discriminate in between who I, I care for on the on the team and, and who I don't because I love every Blazer that comes through here with the exception of Raymond Felton. And maybe, maybe Darius Miles because he was not a nice person. I met him many times. Not a nice person. Best Buy. Uh, yeah, back in the day. Yep. Uh, but I, I will say, like, I have so many other jerseys of guys that you'd be like, wait, who? What? You got to do it, man. That's that's the whole that's the whole definition Bro. of being a Blazer fan, right? It's fanatic. I will. Your boy, right there, man. What? And of course, then there's been collecting Raymond Felton cards with his. He's, you're sick. You're sick in the head, man. It's my Blazer autograph card collection, man. <laughs> ben would have a joygasm in Caden's bedroom. <laughs> There's so much. You had one more thing. Yeah, you had one more thing to add, Ben. What was it? Oh, I just wanted to hit on our one more Blazer edition, man. Uh, the, you know, Mr. Ben McLemore. We already said McLemore. Good signing. We, we didn't really call it out. We we just, All right, we just fair enough. glazed over it, you know. Fair enough, because that's. I feel like that's kind of all it was it's another of. guard but yeah go ahead I know, I know it's another guard you know he's you know 28 years old drafted in the same draft as cj mccollum oh wait the same draft as tyler or cody zeller and oh wait the same draft as tony snell so you know i feel like neil o'shea was like man i'm gonna get everybody in the 2013 draft together and we're all just gonna have a team <laughs> but i like the signing it should be good um you know. I, I i gotta i gotta tell you guys real quick before we move into our next segment how many guards do we have right now? Five? Six? On the roster? Like, half the team is guards. Where's that text I Too sent many. you? It's a good question. In your phone? I sent you the death chart, didn't I? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing that people are talking about, like, CJ and Simons for Pascal Siakam. But that's already a guard-heavy team, too, you know, in Toronto. They're not going to take on two guards and get rid of well, their defensive forward. Are we ready to talk about where I think that's really going to go? I think those two guys are gone. There needs to be a third team. Here it is. There Here is. it is. We've got, as of last night, so this doesn't have Snell. Um, but we got Snell, Dame, Simons, CJ, McLemore, Powell, I, I don't care what you say. Powell's is shooting. He's guy. a shooting guard. Ellaby. Technically, he's a forward, but I'm going to throw him in there as, as yeah, 
I'll throw him in there as a guard. Where do you call Little? He did, wasn't he handling the ball a little bit there towards the end? With the second unit? I hope that he I plays don't remember power that. forward. That's where I want him to be. Yeah. He, he's 6'6". Six, six. That, guy's, that guy's not Charles Barkley. So listen, though. Listen, this is a true story. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to the Portland Pro-Am over at Park Rose High School. Just I got a kid that I coach that is really, really good. Joe Fundak, shout out to him uh, for a first-teamer. Uh, and I wanted him to see, because he's getting ready to go to college, I wanted to see, I wanted to show him what needed to happen physically for him to take his game to the next level. So I said, why don't we go check out the Pro-Am? So who's there playing? Mike James. Mike James is playing. Nasir Little's playing. Um, Trey Tinkle, OSU. Trace Tinkle, however you say his name. Okay, he's there. I watched Nasir Little put like 50 points on this guy. It was ridiculous. The guy's head is at the rim. He's banging out, head at the rim. He's shooting threes from 27, 28 feet. Yak him. He may not be Charles Barkley, but I am convinced after watching that guy play against, you know, college players and other semi-pros, he's going to be a really good NBA basketball player. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question that he's going to be a a decent player, but at the four, I would I would rather see him at the three, to be honest. But but we're digressing here. My point is we have seven guards on the roster. That's half of the team. There's no way we are going into the regular season with seven guards. Here's my you guys want to hear my my theory. Why don't you hit us with it real quick before we move on? It's Tobias Harris. That's who Portland's going to go try and grab with CJ McCollum and Simon. <laughs> ben is holding his head, everyone. <laughs> What's wrong with that, Ben? No, he's not going to command a CJ level player. No way. Tobias Harris. They're identical. Nah. They're both French. I'm going I'm I'm to side with Ben here. I'm going to side with Ben here. You, you give up CJ... And, and you were talking Simons for Tobias Harris. I don't What's see it, contract? man. That's that's not – we're not getting back what we're given. No. It's it's going to be addition by subtraction. You're going to lose two guards. You're going to open up play for the other guys, and you're going to put a... – Oh. Yeah, you saw his deal? That's you why it's – Five-year, five $180 for Tobias Harris? What? He's got what? Three years left. Four years left. Yeah, I don't know about that one, man. I don't know. It, it, in my opinion, I think as Rip City faithfuls, we have to be preparing for two two scenarios. One would be, I think, the best case scenario that we move CJ for someone who's going to make a difference. Or Olshay is hedging his bets against Dame staying, and we're going to lose Dame. That's why yeah, what, I think we're loading up on what guards. If, what are what are we doing to Wow Dame right now? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're you're right, Ben. Absolutely nothing. This roster is. Do you guys think? Give me a percentage. Give me a percentage of of Dame staying versus leaving, right now. If 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 he had to choose right now, what's the percentage of him staying? Seventy five percent. Staying. Yes, staying. Benjamin? 
I'm gonna go. I wanna I wanna believe everything I hear is not true and it's far from the truth. So I'm gonna say 90. To be honest with you, I think he's probably staying. But it's not. It, we, I don't percentage, think, Tim. Percentage. Oh, I'm gonna give it a hundred percent. He's staying, but I don't think it's gonna be past this season. Portland is better this year, or going into this next season, roster as is. Portland is better than they were last year. Time yeah. will tell. I mean, I feel we, we will see. I, mean, I feel like we we don't ever talk about the parts that are coming back. On you paper. know, like Derek Jones and Rocco, they're still in Nurkic. Sure. They're still here. Sure. You know? I mean, that's 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 all fine and dandy. But the Blazers are still going to have a rebounding problem. They're still going to have a defensive problem, and they're still going to uh, struggle against bigger teams. Well, and you, Cody Zeller. Hold on, Tim. You and I talked about this last night. You know where I sit. I'm in the let's wait and see camp because I'm. I was a huge Terry Stotts guy for the first six years that he was here. Uh, after that first playoff debacle against New Orleans, I kind of had, I became a turncoat and wanted him gone. Yep. Uh, and then we rebounded and went to that Western Conference Finals. And then after that, you know, the last two years, I've been back on that bandwagon where I just, I it was just time for a coaching change. And we got one. So We did. Chauncey Billups is an NBA champion. He played under George Carl. He played under Rick Carlisle. He played under Larry Brown. You know, the guy played for Rick Patino his his rookie year before he got traded. I mean, some really solid basketball minds have molded Chauncey Billups. I would really like to see what that looks like before we go and start really in-depth talking about what we could potentially do with Damian Lillard. I want to see how that sure. plays out. I think I think you've got a, a great point that before we get too all down in the dumps, too much doom and gloom with this team, we got to see what Chauncey's system looks like. Because really, it could be that O'Shea's just giving everything, giving Chauncey everything he's asking for. Well, and real quick, who did Damian Lillard say he wanted to be his coach? Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd. Second time. <laughs> who, who did he say he wanted the second time? Right. He said he wanted Chauncey Billups. B -b -b Billups. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, time will tell. I hope that whatever happens, uh, Dame is staying here and we make a deep run in the playoffs because without that, it, it does look bleak, fellas. But with that being said, let's move in to our final segment giving props now eric you haven't done this before so giving props is basically all about giving kudos or applause to a person place or event and i got three of them for you guys today so number one we've got patrick mahomes a football card a trading card super rare one of one rookie card just became the most expensive football card in history. More than Raymond Felton? Sells for $4.3 million. What's that? Is it worth more than that Raymond Felton card? Oh, I guarantee it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Could be close. $4.3 million. So I want to know, Eric, Ben, do you give this props? I'm, you know what? I'm going to say, do you give the buyer props? 
for buying this card for 4.3 million. Eric Foster. Only because at some point in his life, he generated enough income to be able to afford to spend $4.3 million <laughs> on a third year player's rookie card. Yes, props. All right, Eric's giving a props. Blazer Ben. Uh, it was a sports card store uh, in the article that, that bought the card, so it wasn't an individual. Okay. So who knows? Who knows was in that company? But you know, Draw let's just say this money. isn't the most expensive card sold. <laughs> you know, this isn't the most expensive card that sold. Mickey Mantle just recently sold a fifty-two tops for five point two million. Sure, I, this is the most expensive football card in history. Didn't he? correct? Yeah, because then a LeBron, a LeBron rookie patch auto sold for five point two million too. Yep. So you know, Patrick Mahomes four point three mil. We're not white like Keezer with a LeBron rookie card. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, get, getting back in the card industry, I know a little bit about this. I mean, this isn't even a, a highly graded card. 8.5 is not, you know, something to write home about. A 9.5 was going to be gem mint. And if it was 9.5, that probably sold for 6 mil. But, you know, if someone wants to spend 4.3 mil, who am I to tell them how to spend their money? Exactly. Sure. So yeah. props or no props, Ben? Sure. Why not? Props. I kind of expect you to give it props. You're, you're kind of the, the card guy that, well, in my circle. I got to say, guys. I don't understand it. Like, I, I collected cards as a kid. All I did was put them in a sleeve, pull them out every few months, maybe maybe once, twice a year, took a look at them, looked at all my all my Ken Griffey's, all my Jordans, Drexler's, all the Blazers, and then I put them away. And they're still in a box to this day. So I don't get it. At some point, you, we're going to have to do a, a, a special on card collecting because i just don't get it guys i'm gonna be honest with you if i had 4.3 million liquid to just blow on something and i like ben said like this is a, sounds like it's a card shop so there's probably a group of investors that moved in on this but you know if i have an extra 4.3 million and i'm buying something that i like <laughs> it's probably gonna be some shoes <laughs> yeah you can buy 4.3 million dollars worth of shoes oh yeah yeah i, I, I agree so 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 we <laughs> so we got props from Eric, props from Ben. I'm on the fence. I don't know. I could go either way. Let's just move on. Number two. I recently came across an article. Uh, it was an NPR article. I think it was back in from back in April. And look, being being a, a, a father of two young kids, there is one specific toy that I am not very fond of, we'll say. And I know you guys probably have a lot of experience with these, but we're talking about Legos here. Now, it turns out there's a black market for Legos and Lego theft is on the rise. Recently, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Recently, uh, I think it was March or May, um, there was a man arrested in Oregon after he stole $7,500 worth of Lego toy sets. So, I guess what I'm asking you guys is I want to know, do you give the black the, the Lego black market props for just being in existence? No. Blazerman. No. Coming from the retail world, I'm... I'm I know all too well, you know, 
the industry of thieves and what they can do and stuff like that. It just takes away from the people that actually really want to be a collector, you know, and it drives up the prices. It makes it sought after for things that they can't find. No, I'm not giving props to anybody that steals anything, you know, and especially Legos because the uh, Legos gives out or they sell limited edition sets, you know, so there's only certain amounts out there, you know, like Star Wars sets, you know, like Friends cast sets, stuff like that, uh, Disney sets, stuff like that, you know, I'm no done. I'm over it. Nope. No, no props from Ben. Eric Foster. So, I don't know, Ben, if you know very much about shoes and the way that Nike is doing their limited releases and the, the raffles that have to go on. You familiar with that at all? I, I do not, but it sounds it sounds familiar. I, I probably could understand. So it. right now, so any any hot shoe that's dropping, and I'm a big big shoe guy. Um, right now, I'm surrounded by over 100 pairs of shoes uh, that I am having to buy off the secondary market most of the time at at least at bare minimum two times the retail price so nike puts out a thing every every couple of days there's a new drop and i have to prepay for these things and they put me in a raffle i am currently take i have taken 29 consecutive losses 29 because people who shall remain nameless bought using um have flooded the draw process with robots and they are getting full runs of these shoes so i'm paying twice as much as i would if i were be if i could walk into a store and just go ahead and grab them so i feel for some of these guys who are making some of these bootleg toys and these bootleg legos and these collector sets because people want these things but there are certain people who are going and buying 200 of them with the only and the only reason they're doing so is so they can turn around and go to ebay or go to etsy or go to mercari or go online and sell them for two three four five times retail value so well that's that's different man i understand what you're saying on that we're talking about people stealing well and well he was saying he was saying fake legos to start more not 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 fake legos what i'm saying is the kind of like the the black market for it right that which means there's a secondhand market for it that's that's what i'm asking i'm not big into things so i'm gonna i'm gonna say i understand where these guys are coming from because a lot of times what they're doing, I mean, they're doing the exact same thing. They're capitalizing on people's interest. You know, they want to be able to kind of dive into that market, become a, a viable partner or seller so that they can also make some money. Do I understand where they're coming from? Yeah. But if they're stealing the stuff, no props. All right. Two no props. <laughs> I'm going to say, dang, Eric, all I asked was props or no props. Good <laughs> Lord. I am also going to say no props, but it's definitely interesting. Number three on the docket. It's our final prop. We have an Oregon man recently saved his fellow neighbors by knocking out an active shooter and tying him up before police arrived. According to the story, now... Don't shoot the messenger here. No pun intended. It's from Fox News. Oof. 
There was an active shooter Local. at an apartment complex firing more Local than Fox. two dozen. What'd you say? Local Fox News, not national. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Local Fox. So fired over two dozen indiscriminately r- discharged rounds at an occupied apartment building in southwest Portland. And this guy, who will remain nameless, snuck up behind him, knocked him flat, and while he was unconscious, tied him up. So I want to know, Eric Foster, do you give this props? Of course. Problem is, I probably would have shot him myself. Well, you know, we'll edit that part out, but, (laughs) you know, I mean... You got that's something you got to take into account, right? I mean, this guy's lucky he wasn't shot. Well, and that's kind of what I mean. And he's lucky he didn't. He's lucky he didn't seriously, seriously injure anybody. Well, props to the guy who knocked him out. The fact that a guy was able to fire off twenty-four plus rounds before police arrived, making no props for the Beaverton Police Department. <laughs> Bro, he had an AR-15. He did. So, as the story goes, he got into an argument with one of the residents um, about loud noises, a dog barking, whatnot. Uh, Neighbors said that he was spotted with a pistol with a laser on it. He leaves and comes back with an AR-15. That's how the story goes. Eric Foster. Mad props. No props. Mad Uh, mad props. Excuse me. Mad props. Laserman. Yeah, short and sweet, man. The guy beat him with a stick. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Props to not having that guy just turn around and just be like, was that a stick? And then, you know. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, don't miss. He risked his life to save others. So I'm going to say major props to that. But I'm going to say no props for the the response time. Yeah. To fire that many rounds, that's that's no good, guys. But I gotta also say, Eric Foster, big shout out for you coming on the show. It's your first time. You did amazing. Appreciate you. Appreciate you being on. Blazer Ben, shout out to you, man. Thanks yes, for sir. always being here. Yes, sir. Always glad to have some, you know, surprise people on here. Eric, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, Ben, we haven't debated in a long time either. It's been a while. And you're, that wasn't even a debate. That was just casual conversation, you know. And you're a, you're extreme. Your your well of knowledge is deep, you know, deeper than I would say most anybody, including Tim and I. So you know, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for uh, you know spilling a little bit of that well knowledge on us. I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. Appreciate you guys. Of course. So another big shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network, DraftKings, and especially you. Our listeners, our Twitter Twitter followers, and Bucket Busters. You guys make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic. Remember to keep reaching out to us on Twitter, though, at Busted Bucket with your comments and questions. We love building community with you guys. Blazer Ben, you know what time it is. That's a wrap for this episode, Blazer fans. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you dig in what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.